Have you gotten out of your comfort zone, pulled up some chairs, and had any meaningful conversations lately? Well, recently, I got to sit down with a young leader for a really significant talk. Now, the two of us couldn't look more different on the outside. He is African-American. I'm Caucasian. He's a big guy. I'm sort of a small woman. No one would look at the two of us and peg us as having much in common. Yet what's on the outside doesn't begin to tell the story of what's on the inside. In the time that I've had the privilege to know him, worship pastor Aaron McLean has grabbed my heart, led me in worship, and inspired me. Aaron loves Jesus, and he loves people. And given all that's happening in our country with the issue of race and discrimination, riots, and the Black Lives Matter movement, I wanted to hear Aaron's story, to hear his voice, and gain an understanding about what's happening in his life. Aaron was so kind to give me the opportunity, and he was willing to let me record it for Family Disciple Me. So with this podcast, I literally came out of my closet recording studio and into an office. We pulled up some chairs. One of them, turns out, was rather squeaky, which you'll hear in this podcast. The air vents were blowing. There were multiple uncontrollable factors as we tried to have a conversation, but somehow, The squeaks and the background noise, shall we call it white noise, in this interview are sort of symbolic of all the distractions that can keep us from pulling together some chairs and having significant conversations. If we can just get past our hangups, our insecurities, our differences, the uncontrollables, and just look at other people in the eyes and talk to them and listen to them we may just find out that, yes, indeed, friendship starts with a conversation. And yes, understanding can start with a conversation. And when we as parents and people influencing the next generation gain understanding, then we can disciple the next generation in getting wisdom and understanding too. So I want to share part of this conversation with you right now. It may be uncomfortable to you. You may not agree with what Aaron has to say or with what I have to say, but if you'll listen, you may find that your heart is affected by another person's story. So I'm going to cue the intro. Yes, I am. And then I invite you to listen and seek to understand what God has to say to you through this conversation. What truth are we speaking into the next generation? What legacy are we creating for those we care about? Are we making a difference so that our kids will know Jesus? Hi, my name is Tasha Williams, and the answers to these questions really matter to me. And if you're a Christ follower, I'm sure they matter to you too. I'm the founder of the Family Disciple Me ministry, and we are convinced that there's power in our Jesus stories, that God's Word is life-changing, and that discipleship doesn't have to be intimidating. So join us as we talk about faith, scripture, relevant topics, intentional discipleship, and the next generation. Friends, it starts with a conversation. So let's get going on this podcast right now. Aaron, 
Karen, thank you for joining me with this conversation. As we are facing what we're facing as a country, I want to have a conversation with you because God brought you to us. And I am so thankful that you're here. You are an answer to prayer and you are, you mean so much to us. So thank you. Yeah, your family means a lot to, to me as well. So it's a blessing for sure. This summer for Family Disciple Me, I had planned to do this series called Let's Talk. Mm -hmm. And I felt like God wanted us to do these conversations through the book of Proverbs. So I had all the conversations planned out. I had this done at the beginning of the year. Well, 2020 is (laughs) just one for the record books. Talk about taking your plans and throwing them in the trash can and starting again. But by the time we got to the Let's Talk series, I was like, okay, we're back on track. We're going to stick with this plan. And literally before I could get the first conversation uploaded, which was about being teachable, Mm -hmm. that's when the tragedy of May 25th happened. And I was grieving that week. I was processing. I was listening to your Facebook live. I was watching the news and I felt like God said, you're still going to do the let's talk conversations, Mm -hmm. but you're going to talk about some different subjects. You're going to talk about this national crisis. You're going to dive into the book of Proverbs and see what it has to say about this national crisis you're going through and teach the next generation so that this does not continue. You brought up a specific proverb that I want to talk to you about because that's the conversation that goes along with this podcast, the conversation that we're posting, and it's Proverbs 4-7. Wisdom is supreme, so get wisdom, and whatever else you get, get understanding. I want to talk to you about this concept of getting wisdom, getting understanding. I thought the angle that you took on get understanding was very unique, and I'd love for you to share about that. Sure. To follow all of those, to follow the Facebook, the initial Facebook Live, my inbox blew up. I bet it did. <laughs> like, like, people were, like, responding, and I got, you know, apologies, like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I was, I've been silent I'm, as your friend. I've gotten... Um, questions so many questions and so many conversations I feel like the Lord gave me a grace to to handle this in this hour where there was a lot of angry angry black people like they're just tired I think tired is more accurate tired numb frustrated black people and God for some reason gave me a particular grace for this hour where I could field questions Because white people were feeling indicted, feeling guilted, shamed for something they didn't do. That this this rhetoric came out, uh, uh, silence is complicit. And to not say anything at all means that you're agreeing with it. And you're agreeing with the injustice. And whoa, like... before, Before I had, you know, white friends come to me and apologize, I had a lot of them... Like, I got questions, but black people are too angry right now to answer my questions. And so I need help. Like, I don't want to be complicit. I'm hurt because my black friend thinks I'm racist because I was quiet because I didn't know what to say in the moment. Like, my goodness. And, and I kind of took a moment and I, I 
I had just happened to be reading in the Proverbs. I've been in Proverbs for the past few weeks now. Every day I'll read a proverb and just kind of like digest. I'll stop where the Holy Spirit tells me to stop and just kind of camp on that verse or camp mm-hmm. on that scripture. And in particular, this verse was something that that stuck out to me. And I've always known this verse, but Proverbs 4, 7 says, um, the beginning of wisdom is this, getting it. So get wisdom. And then in all of your getting, get understanding. And this idea of if wisdom is the applicable knowledge of, of a thing, then understanding must be the patience of perspective. If wisdom is this, okay, I'm going to now, I'm going to take the knowledge that I know and I'm going to apply it to this kind of situation or this or this situation or that situation. I'm going to apply it well. That is wisdom. Then understanding must be, I'm actually going to take the time to see a different perspective in a way that is not normal to me. It's not true to my upbringing. But that is understanding. Like, oh, I get it. And I think what Solomon even says here, and what, what, what Holy Spirit is saying now is, while you're getting all of this stuff, while you're getting wisdom, while you're learning how to apply knowledge, you need to take the time to gain perspective. Take the time to listen to someone else. Take the time and have the patience to have a disagreement to have agreements, like risk the emotional and the relational equity to get to the bottom of a thing. That's understanding. And years ago, and years ago, I prayed this prayer. I didn't even know Jesus as well as I know him now, but I prayed this like maybe four or five years ago. I said, God, whatever it takes, I want to be a man of understanding. I want to be somebody who deep down, deep in my heart, when somebody shares with me a plight, when someone shares with me a perspective, when someone shares with me, you know, I want to be the one that goes, I get it and I hear you. I see you. To ascribe worth to somebody based off of how they see the world and not see them less than because their perspective is not mine. That's understanding. And I think that's what our world needs right now is in all of our getting. So in the getting of justice, in the getting of righteousness, in the getting on of seeing the church act and, and, and seeing, you know, systemic racism crumble and all the things that we want to get out of this season, get understanding. Get that as well. If you don't get understanding, you raise the risk of this happening all over again. So get understanding as well. A corollary verse that I found in the New Testament says, who is wise and understanding among you? Basically, who has gotten Mm -hmm. wisdom and understanding? It says, let them show it by their good life, Mm. by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. And then it describes what wisdom is not. Mm -hmm. And it's almost like the opposite of wisdom is evil. Interestingly enough in this passage, but then it ends saying the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all, pure, Mm -hmm. then peace, loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere peacemakers 
who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. Mm. Isn't that interesting how James tied together how Mm -hmm. we live out wisdom and understanding? Yeah. It's it's peaceful. It's humble. Yeah. I think think humble for me is is the word that, that sticks out the most. You have to have a certain amount of humility to one be quiet, (laughs) but be quiet enough to listen. It takes a certain amount of humility to, and this is what I'm learning in my life. I've learned this more recently than anything to assume or or to not to assume that you, that you know anything. It's, it's the, it's the humility of Jesus asking the Samaritan woman about her history, even though he knew it full well, like, I know your history I know where you come from. I I made you. I knew when you were born. But I want to see it through your eyes. I want to see your history through your eyes. I want to see how you perceived it. That's understanding. That's wisdom. Jesus shows this. He says this to, to pretty much everybody he healed. He made it personal. What's your name? How long have you been like this? How long has this been happening to the, you know, the, 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 I believe it was the demoniac that the the girl that you know had issues and she was he was like how long has this been going on hmm. like mm-hmm. as if he didn't know mm-hmm. or waiting waiting another two days when Lazarus died like kind of just taking time for empathy taking time to connect taking time to process taking time to understand. So that takes that takes serious humility, especially when you already know. Like it takes serious humility to go. I'm going to actually yield the thing that I know and open my empty myself, and then you know open myself up to be taught something new about this person or about this thing. So yeah, it, I love that. That's so good. Yeah. That's that's so good. That's so good, Aaron. One other thing, I'll be the first to say that. I've been impatient with the Black Lives Matter slogan because I want to scream, police lives matter, unborn lives matter, Mm -hmm. Asians lives matter, white lives matter. But what has struck me in this season, and maybe it comes out of the woundings in my life, but sometimes a parent with multiple children will say, I love you all. You all matter to me. Mm -hmm. But then there's those moments that you have your child come up to you and say, but I'm your favorite, right? Mm -hmm. Do you love me? Mm -hmm. And I feel like this season is African-Americans saying, do you love me? Mm. Is that fair? Is that true? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think, and I'm going to tread carefully here solely because... We, this is such, the enemy has taken this and made it such a divisive thing. But when you go to, you know, a breast cancer walk, you will consider it disrespectful and a counter protest if somebody showed up and said, all cancers matter. If you showed up to a school and there was a student that got, you know, that was getting bullied. And you were, he was trying to say, hey, I'm, I need help. I'm getting bullied by this person. You wouldn't go, well, all the kids are being bullied. Get over it. If you drove down into a neighborhood and you saw a house on fire, you wouldn't go, wow, these houses are really beautiful. You'd be looking at the smoke pillowing out 
from the place where the fire is. Subsequently, the fire department will come turn their water on the house that needed it the most. They wouldn't start, you know, causing termite and water damage to the other houses because all the houses matter. They pour their water on the house that was on fire. And so it's incredibly fair. It's incredibly reasonable to remind our world black lives do matter regardless of what the i mean totally irrespective of the of the actual movement and the organization the phrase is important the phrase is what people need to get the phrase is not anti-white it is not anti-christian it's not anti-family it's not it's not anti-anything we need help and to say you know to say all lives matter is a protest to our protest i would even go a step further and saying well blue lives which is you know as our police officers and i have a ton of respect for our police officers i have family that was police that are law enforcement we need law and order in this country but sometimes people respond with black lives matter say well blue lives matter because blue you know well Police officers, you know, they put their lives on the line every day to protect us and da-da-da-da. And, I, and I, I don't disagree with that. But I would say that blue life is a choice. That you get to choose to be a police officer. You get to go to training to don a gun and a badge to protect and serve your community. Being black wasn't a choice. I didn't choose this life. God in his grace decided to make me this way. I think there's a reason and there's a cause behind it. Absolutely. I would even go as far as saying unborn lives matter. Yes, they do. Absolutely. Positively. They don't they don't have a choice and they need protection just as much as mm-hmm. black people do. It's not a choice. It's not our choice. Mm-hmm. We didn't make this choice. So it's an, it's an incredibly fair argument to make it's an incredibly fair statement to say without white people feeling like or or the majority feeling like they're being attacked for for who they are without choice so Aaron thank you this is so valuable and it's so helpful thank you for being vulnerable we love you and by we I say our family our community our church Um, we love you and Lauren we're so grateful to be a part of your lives and to be invited into your lives was just a highlight for us to get to be a part of your engagement and during the pandemic for Kelly to get to be a part of your wedding and just a really big deal so we love you You know, after my conversation with Aaron, I've had multiple follow-up conversations with my family and my children about the story of our African-American brother, about people who look different than us, who believe different than us, who think different than us. I've gained wisdom and understanding by pulling up some chairs with Pastor Aaron and then pulling up some chairs with my own family. I encourage you to do the same. For the biblical conversation that goes along with this podcast, go to the show notes and click on the link. Have a discipleship conversation and gain understanding with your family today. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. 
May the Lord make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May He turn His countenance toward you and give you peace.